Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6.14 about the breastplate of righteousness. Another view that we can consider about the armor of God, and it'd probably be foreign to most of us, and that is the clothing or the garments of the high priest. Uh, very difficult to see there, but I was, I've been doing some study on this, and one source that I found uh, was talking about seven pieces of uh, clothing on the high priest and seven pieces of armor in the armor of God, which is really interesting. Uh, the, high, the, the high priest had two types of garments that he would wear, the one uh, where he's all in white was for the Day of Atonement, and then the other one where he's very colorful with the blue and the, the checkered ephod and stuff was his normal garment. That's a look at some of the uh, materials that were used. And this is a model that I think it was produced by the Temple Institute in Israel. They are making all the garments and planning to have them ready for a new temple in Israel. I don't know if you guys knew that. If you're interested, go to templeinstitute.org or .com and they will show you different pictures of what they've already produced. On the breastplate of the high priest, they had 12 gemstones. These 12 gemstones each had the name of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and they were actually put onto the breastplate or the breastpiece of the high priest. And... Uh, and this is a bit of a mystery, but included in the breast piece was something called the Urim and the Thummim. You're only gonna find it about five or six times in your Bible. And what it seems to be is the high priest could go and he could stand before God and he could inquire for the king or for some congregational need and ask the Lord, should we go into battle or not? Should we do this or not? And there's indications that with the Urim and the Thummim, something like light would come and it would glow in these gemstones. And I'll give you a little closer look at it. And it would indicate God's favor or God's direction. We don't really know exactly how it worked, but we do know that the Urim and the Thummim were connected to the breastplate. Some sources say there was something written on... um, an early form of paper that would be tucked into the breastplate and others say there was some sort of manifestation of light that would come from the Holy of Holies that would indicate what Israel ought to do. So the breastplate became known for several things. It became known for seeking direction from God and it became known for the closeness of the people of God to the heart of God. Because when you think about Jesus, think, think this way. When Jesus is depicted in Revelation chapter one, what garments is he wearing? He's wearing the garments of a high priest. Go back and look at Revelation chapter one, about verses 12 through 18. And you'll see this description. You'll see this description of him in Daniel chapter 10, that he's got the sash and he's, he's got the, the garments of the high priest. Remember that the armor of God It says in Romans 13, where we started out in this study, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. So the breastplate is certainly for protection, but it's called a breastplate of righteousness because it is intended to help you 
navigate your life through the areas of temptation that you face. The breastplate is given to you as a provision by God to avoid evil, things that would get into your heart and steer you in the wrong direction. And so this is the image that we get from the Old Testament. And if you begin to think about who Jesus is, he's our great high priest. We are near his heart and he brings us before the Father in his high priestly ministry today. As a matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, the the book of Hebrews is really all about the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. It calls him the apostle and high priest of our confession. Don't be thrown off by apostle. That simply means he's sent from God. Uh, in, In Hebrews chapter four, it says that we can go to our great high priest when we have time of need. And the implication from Hebrews four and Hebrews two, verse 18, is that we can come to him when we are what? Do you remember? When we are tempted. When we are tempted, we can come to our great high priest and he's able to come to the aid of those who are being tempted. That's Hebrews 2, verse 18. So remember, since the armor is about temptation and how we deal with it, and and, and since it is about God's provision, I believe that the Lord is showing us at least another layer of meaning in the garments of the high priest. So I'm gonna show you a couple things And the first place I want to take you to is Isaiah 59. So turn your Bibles to Isaiah 59. So the problem with the people of Israel in the time of Isaiah is that they were continually pulled astray by what? How would you categorize it? Idolatry? They they were continually pulled away by the temptations of the nations around them. And they were, they, you could sum it up in idolatry, but it was things that appealed to the flesh. Quick answers, things that appealed to the flesh. Isaiah 59, we'll, we'll go back to verse 12. So here's what it says. So the prophet's speaking, and he's representing the people, and he says, Isaiah 59, 12, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities. That almost sounds like David saying, you know, my sin is ever before me. When he had sinned with Bathsheba and wrote Psalm 51, it was like, you know, when you, when you make a mistake and you carry the burden of it, it seems like it's like on your back kind of language. 13, transgressing and denying the Lord and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving in and uttering from the heart lying words, 59.14. And justice is turned back. Righteousness stands far away. Truth has stumbled in the street. Sound familiar? And uprightness cannot enter. Yes, truth is lacking. Now think of the belt there. He who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Try to do the right thing (laughs) and you become a target. Now the Lord saw And it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man. Now think of the idea of an intercessor. And was astonished. This is what scholars call anthropomorphic terminology. Those are 50 cent terms that simply mean God is being depicted in human terms as if you saw something so horrible and you wondered, kind of like this. There's a story a couple years back where someone was shot in a uh, convenience store in New York City. 
and people took out their camera phones and they were snapping pictures of the person who was lying there dying and some people were stepping over that person to go get their milk for the day. Just a sad commentary. That's kind of the image in Isaiah 59. God looked and he said, is there anybody who sees what's going on here and is appalled and says, you know what? No more. No mas. Not gonna stand for this anymore. I'm gonna stand up and do something. And God found no man. He found nobody. He saw 16 that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. There's our word. Then, here's the good news. His own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. And here's the key verse. And he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. Now, the the breastplate is our study tonight, but we will get to the helmet of salvation. But uh, he put on, notice the repetition of put on, put on. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. Now, notice that in Isaiah 59, 17, we have two pieces of the armor of God that are depicted in Ephesians chapter six. We have a breastplate of righteousness, God put it on, he put on righteousness like a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation, Isaiah 59. Now, for those of you, a lot of good Bible students in the room tonight, Isaiah was written, when? About 700 B.C., Rome did not exist until about the mid-100 BCs. So long before there was ever Rome and a Roman soldier, there was a helmet of salvation and there was a breastplate of righteousness. And it had nothing to do with a Roman soldier. It had to do with God and it had to do with what God would do for his people. And everything that we're talking about now is captured in the, the idea of the ministry of the high priest. Because the high priest would intercede for the people and he would wear this breastplate. Now, I want to take you to the introduction of the breastplate found in Exodus 28. So let's go there. Exodus 28. Genesis, Exodus. So the second book of your Bible. So God is directing Moses and uh, he says in Exodus 25, 7 and 8, He's talking about the onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breast piece or the breastplate. Every time I read breast piece in these uh, verses, unless you have the New King James, that's what it will say. But the New King James does say, and the King James says breastplate. This is uh, Exodus 25.8. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Now flip over to Exodus 28 verse 1. 28.1. It says, then bring near to yourself Aaron, your brother, Exodus 28.1, and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel to minister as a priest to me, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. Now the word beauty speaks of splendor, glory, ornament, distinction, and pride, And the word glory, so make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. The word glory is kavod or kabod or kabod. And it means to open the door within. And it speaks of that which is weighty, that which has great significance. So the sages would say about the holy garments, 
the holy garments had some sort of intrinsic value to them. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, Pastor Michael and the team really appreciate you listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to bring you the truth of God's Word and help you apply it to your life. To equip you when people in your community have questions, not to throw the truth in their faces, but to have an answer for the hope you have inside you. Would you please help us with something? Would you please reach out to us today to tell us how Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you? We have a church board, and they would love to hear from our listeners. They want to know how this ministry is reaching you. We would love to know how Pastor Michael's messages have helped you day to day, or even just this one time if you're a first-time listener. Please take a couple moments to either call us and leave us a message or email us. The number is 844-48-TRUTH or you can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH or contact at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much and God bless. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And he would wear this breastplate. Now, I want to take you to the introduction of the breastplate found in Exodus 28. So let's go there. Exodus 28. Genesis, Exodus. So the second book of your Bible. So God is directing Moses and... uh, He says in Exodus 25, 7 and 8, he's talking about the onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breast piece or the breastplate. Every time I read breast piece in these uh, verses, unless you have the New King James, that's what it will say. But the New King James does say, and the King James says breastplate. This is uh, Exodus 25, 8. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Now flip over to Exodus 28, verse 1. 28, 1. It says, then bring near to yourself Aaron, your brother, Exodus 28.1, and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel to minister as a priest to me, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. Now the word beauty speaks of splendor, glory, ornament, distinction and pride and the word glory so make holy garments for Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty the word glory is kavod or kabod or kabod and it means to open the door within and it speaks of that which is weighty that which has great significance so the sages would say about the holy garments that the holy garments had some sort of intrinsic value to them In other words, they would say, if he tried to go and minister before God without his uniform on, he would be seen as a foreigner before God. And there's even verses that say that if he comes in and he comes in the wrong way before God, you know what God will do to him? He will kill him. Now, you you think a uniform's important? (laughs) The high priest had to do everything that God told him to do. 
because he was painting a picture of the people of God before the presence of God and he had to come in in his uniform and come in in the exact way that God had instructed him to come in, to be in God's presence. And so he, these uh, garments are very important, therefore glory and for beauty. And I would submit to you that the armor of God does something very similar for us. And you shall speak to all the skillful persons whom I have endowed with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister as a priest to me. So the church shines forth the glory of God and here the garments of the high priest are for glory and for beauty. If you wanna live a life of glory and beauty, you need to clothe yourself with the presence of God. There's no other way. You cannot live the Christian life in the power of your flesh. That's why you're here tonight, right? You heard about temptation and armor and the devil and you might, yeah, I'm coming, baby. I can TiVo that TV show, right? Because I want to know more about that. I want to know more about how to clothe myself with this power from on high. This is how you do it, right? You spend time in his presence. You begin to spend time in the things of honor and beauty, beauty and glory. These are the things that are God, all, all that he's about. Now, I'm reading from the Temple Institute as they've done some research on gobs of research on this. They say, no priest, neither lay nor the high priest himself is fit to serve in the temple unless he is wearing the sacred garments. As the Talmud states, while they are clothed in the priestly garments, they are clothed in the priesthood. But when they are not wearing the garments, the priesthood is not upon them. Conducting the service without these garments would render the priests the same as those who are not descendants of Aaron, all of whom are unfit for service in the temple. Now you might be saying, Pastor Michael, but how does this apply to a New Testament Christian? We are a kingdom of what? Of priests, right? We serve our God. Now we're in the new covenant and we're saved by grace and all of that, but we are still told to array ourselves with clothing. We're still told to put on the new man. We're still told to put on the armor of God. And for us, it has to do with our power in our lives, our effectiveness in our lives, our ability to allow the power of God to be effective in our walk with Jesus Christ. So these garments had to be treated very carefully. They were custom made to the size of the priests and there were a lot of priests. And if these garments were soiled any, in any way, there were certain provisions uh, apparently for cleaning uh, in some cases, but if they were soiled in certain ways, they could not be reused. And the garments of the high priest, they would hide them away. You couldn't destroy them. They were very much seen as holy unto the Lord. So look at uh, Exodus 28 verse four. And these are the garments which they shall make. A breastpiece or a breastplate. I want you to notice that as the garments are listed, what's the first garment or the first piece listed? It is the breastplate. And an ephod and a robe. The ephod is kind of the, the piece that you can see there in the checkered colors that the breastplate is connected to, so very important. And a robe and a tunic of checkered work and a turban and a sash, which is a belt, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he may minister as a priest to me. You say, if you're counting, I count six things there. Where's the seventh? The seventh is actually the crown 
uh, and it's uh, listed in Exodus 28. Look at, skip down to verse 36. You shall also make a plate of pure gold and shall engrave on it like the engravings of a seal, holy to the Lord. And you shall fasten it on a blue cord and it shall be on the turban and it shall be at the front of the turban. It shall be on Aaron's forehead and Aaron shall take away the iniquity of the holy things which the sons of Israel consecrate with regard to all their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. Now look at verse six. Notice the materials that are used here. Exodus 28, verse six. It states, they shall also make the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen. I showed you a picture of how they twisted the materials. The work of the skillful workmen. It shall have two shoulder pieces joined to its two ends that it may be joined. So you had the ephod and the breastplate. They were made of uh, five materials. Uh, There was gold, sky blue, dark red, and crimson, dyed wool, and twisted linen. And if you skip down to verse 15, we get a little bit more insight. You shall make a breast piece of judgment. The work of it, the work of a skillful workman, like the work of the ephod, you shall make it of gold and blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen, you shall make it. Now notice that in verse 15, it is called the breast piece or the breastplate of what? Of judgment. Now does the word judgment in this context speak of judgment in the sense that God's going to judge you? I don't think that's really what it means here. In the NIV, anybody got NIV out there? What does the NIV say? For making decisions. So it has the idea of decision making. Now go back to the Urim and the Thummim and now go back to the idea of a breastplate of rightness. In other words, this piece of armor is going to help guide you in your life away from what? Evil. Away from sin. Away from the lies of the enemy. And so the, the high priest has these stones and He's got this ephod and he's got these cool looking vestments and materials and two sardonic stones are on his shoulders. This is recorded in Exodus 28 verses nine and 10. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six of their names on the one stone and the names of the remaining six on the other stone according to their birth. And you shall put them, they're gonna be on the shoulder Shoulders of the high priest. Now think of it this way. The 12 tribes are represented here on the breastplate and on the high priest's shoulders. Now what kind of imagery starts to come to your mind there? The 12 tribes are the people of God and he carries them on his shoulders. He says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares to me because I, what? I care for you. You've been listening to The Breastplate of Righteousness, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 14. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. But please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. 
It's on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. And you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings on the book of Job, Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, certainly there's a difference between being self-righteous and having the righteousness of God. What is the difference? Well, self-righteous people make it all about them, right? They get kind of snooty and high-minded and get up on their pedestal and make sure that everybody knows that they're less than them. But the righteousness of Christ really came out in who he was and how he loved people, how he interacted with others, and yes, even how he called out sin and confronted hypocrisy. And we've got to be very careful in terms of the way we carry ourselves, but I will tell you this, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, when we put these things on, they're just going to be the natural outgrowth of the Holy Spirit dominating your life. And that's how you can know the difference. You don't have to force it. You don't have to flaunt it. You simply have to let it flow out through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to put on the armor of God. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, we're going through the armor of God right now, and it is so essential that we understand what it is, how to put it on, why we should put it on, and how to be effective in the battle. And there's more to come. We're dealing with the breastplate of righteousness right now. We're going to do one more look at it. Join us here. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Please keep us in prayer. We appreciate it. And we'll see you right here. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 6.14 called The Breastplate of Righteousness. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.